Welcome to The Hive is Alive from Apiary Digital. I'm your host, Tess Berry. For this episode, we hear from Apiary consultant and social expert Miguel Bravo about strategy, best practices, and how to get started in the world of chatbots. This episode is part two in a series about the possibilities and considerations of messenger-related content and ad units. To hear part one, listen back to episode two of season one, Facebook Messenger Ads featuring Alyssa Allen, where we review the latest Facebook Messenger ad offerings. On part two, Miguel gives us insight from his experience with chatbots dating back to AIM days up to today. Learn about how various brands are currently leveraging chatbots to reach consumers, the unique opportunities to reach customers in a seamless one-to-one platform, and make sure to listen to the end of the episode where Miguel reviews how to create a chatbot for your business or just for fun. Hello, today we are joined by Miguel Bravo, Apiary Consultant. Welcome, Miguel. Hi, Des. Glad to be here. You are an Apiary Consultant who specializes in working with clients on social media campaigns and content research and creation. You've started a company to teach content marketing skills called the New Content Collective. And now you are also a producer for The Hive is Alive. So welcome to the episode. Yeah, I'm super excited to uh, talk chatbots today. Yes. So we spoke with Alyssa Allen about Facebook Messenger ads and ad units within Facebook Messenger. And today we're going to do a follow-up, getting a bit more detailed about how chatbots work and how chatbots can work within Messenger as an ad unit. To get us started, Miguel, could you give us a bit of a background on what are chatbots in general? Yeah, so a chatbot is an online robot or bot um, that automates conversations. So um, they're really popular these days, but they've actually been around for half a century, actually. Wow. The first chatbot that people recognize was about, I think, in the 60s. It was called Eliza, and it was built to uh, chat like a therapist. My first memory with bots was with AOL Instant Messenger. Oh, boy. (laughs) Yeah, so back then, I actually built a bot. And I can't even remember why I built it or what it actually did. I do remember that it was a lot of fun building it. (laughs) Why did we do a lot of things back in those days? Yeah, I really wish I could go back and interact with this bot. It probably really likes Green Day. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) There was another bot that was actually built for AIM that got really popular. At least in my household, it was really popular. And it was called Smarter Child. Um, And Smarter Child was built to be a resource. So it was like, what time is uh, the movie playing? Or, you know, what's the weather outside? You know, that kind of stuff. Actually, a couple of years ago, um, Facebook just started to allow businesses to make their own chatbots for Messenger. If you just look at the numbers, you know, there's over a billion people using Messenger every month. Um, there's over 2 billion um, messages sent between, um, you know, users and businesses every month. Wow. So like as marketers, now we're able to tap into this highly engaged user base and hopefully we don't, we don't ruin the space. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I think I get what you're talking about. We've talked about it on previous episodes where with this new technology where you can really contact customers on a one-to-one basis, you have to be a little bit careful about how often and what your tone is when you're reaching out to people as a brand. Yeah, absolutely. Where in the consumer journey should we be reaching customers with a chatbot? Well, because you have to opt in, um, chatbots are typically uh, a middle funnel tactic And I'd say with bottom funnel capabilities, 
So with some exceptions, I, I wouldn't target or expect a cold audience to opt into your chatbot. Mm. So a lot of the same strategies that you would use to entice someone to like, you know, to opt into your email list are going to work on Messenger. So think white papers, checklists, exclusive content or promos, um, creative gimmicks, alerts, reminders, those kind of things are all going to be compelling ways to drive opt-ins. The bottom funnel capabilities, it gets a little bit more complicated if you're going to try to use it for bottom funnel, but you can absolutely use it for bottom funnel, you know, because you can actually facilitate a purchase within Messenger. You can actually take um, payment info and take all the information required to facilitate a purchase. So um, for that reason, Mm -hmm. it also can be used as a bottom funnel and a lot of the big brands are using it as a bottom funnel. To use a chatbot, you really have to have the content that people want or you have to be offering something that they're interested in for them to opt in. Right, exactly. Or offer them some help or service in some way. Yeah, I mean, it's just good content. You know, if you just right. have a good content marketing strategy, just apply a lot of those, the same things are going to apply to a chatbot. How, how should marketers think when creating a chatbot in terms of frequency and tone to make sure that we're, we're not being spammy? Yeah, so finding that magic frequency is, is really key. If you're sending too many messages, you're going to start annoying the users. You might even get the dreaded mute, mute conversation button. Mm. Um, I think while chatbots are most closely aligned to email marketing, when you're thinking about frequency, you got to start thinking about like text message or SMS marketing because users are going to be getting notifications on, your, on their phone every time you message them. I'd say initially, like sort of like a blanket statement, err on the side of conservative frequency. Okay. That being said, um, your frequency is really going to depend on your business, the purpose of the chatbot, the level of interest, you know, or the expectations from the user. Mm. So like, for instance, if the user's opting in, you know, to get a daily quote or to get a daily tip or something like that, um, you know, they're expecting daily messages versus, you know, some someone who's opting in for like an Amazon marketing services white paper, you know, they might not be expecting the daily message or if they opt in to get updates on a new blog post, for instance, you know, it might require a little bit more uh, testing to see what that magic frequency is. Um, things that you would want to look out for when you're trying to figure out this frequency, when you're starting to see drops in engagement, people aren't clicking on your buttons anymore, people aren't messaging you back. Obvious things you would look out for when, when you see that an ad has been running too long. You know, this is a sign probably that they've gone numb to your notifications. You know, you're, you're probably sending them too many messages. Are there other similarities between Facebook Messenger and email? Like what, what are the differences that we should consider, say, if I take my email marketing strategy and try applying it to Facebook, since there are billions of people there, there's the audiences there. What are some differences, lessons that I can't take when I try and implement this on Facebook Messenger? Um, I think the key differences between uh, Facebook chatbots and email marketing, um, number one, uh, Messenger is conversational, you know, versus email being sort of like a one-way conversation. A chatbot is automated in a lot of ways, but actually, if you set it up correctly, it can actually be handed off in certain points with certain triggers to a live person. Mm. I think the the common thing that you usually will see when you're reading about or researching chatbots is the open rates for Messenger um, and the CTRs. They're they're super sky high. Um, you, you know, you can see. Open rates as high as like ninety percent, wow. or CTR is as high as three, you know, three times higher than email. You know, obviously Messenger is triggering a notification on Messenger, the app, and also Facebook. You know, and those are two of the most popular apps. Right. Uh, Messenger is obviously seamless; you don't have to leave whatever platform you're on. So Messenger, you're staying on Messenger. If you're on a website that has the uh, Messenger overlay, you don't have to leave the website. So it's it's a very uh, seamless, painless experience. The opting in is. A heck of a lot easier. All they have to do is send you a message. You don't have to ask for email or any information. 
Um, Facebook already has all that information. A really cool feature that I don't think a lot of people realize is that you can actually link comments, like Facebook comments on a specific post to Facebook Messenger. So for instance, if you have a really cool white paper, you can have a post that says, you know, comment that I, I you want this white paper. And then as immediately as someone comments that, you can deliver them the white paper via Messenger instantly. And then last but not least, if you don't really care where people consume the content, you just want people to consume, you can actually deliver the content within Facebook Messenger. They can actually consume it without, again, without having to leave the platform, without having to take an extra step. Wow. So it seems that it's pretty similar to email marketing in terms of some of the basic best practices and theory and strategy, but it's just faster and much more connected to the places where consumers are and the technology is just more seamless and integrated. Yeah. I mean, I think it's important to, to mention because I don't want to sound like a, uh, have a recency bias because it's like kind of like a new hot topic. Mm -hmm. um, you know, important to mention, I think one's not better than the other. Um, I'd argue that both of the tactics can help each other. So you can absolutely start a conversation like on messenger and then move it to email to convert. I think it's more likely that these two tactics are actually going to run parallel to each other. So some users are going to prefer to engage with you via chat. And then some quote unquote old school users like myself are going to prefer the <laughs> more traditional <laughs> medium of email. Um, and I think in a perfect world, if you had unlimited resources, um, you're going to want to do both. Um, but if you can only do one, you're really going to have to take a hard look at you know, where your target audience likes to hang out online. Wow, that's really interesting. I love that you looked at it in a way where it's just more options for customers in choosing how they want to interact with brands. Traditionally with Facebook ad placements, there are ways that we can target users based on how often they like or comment or engage with brands. Now that there's this chatbot functionality, do you think we're eventually going to be seeing response to chatbots as a targeting metric for audiences? I think so. Um, and in a lot of ways, the targeting is already there. So for instance, mm -hmm. message ads are optimized to show to users that are likely to message and they work really well at doing just that. There's already some roundabout behavior targeting options like users who've used Facebook payments in the last 90 days. And I think adding, you know, users who interact with chatbots is going to is a logical behavior targeting option that that I would be totally shocked if it doesn't pop up in the, you know, the next year or so. So thinking about this functionality and how we can target audiences and the idea of privacy, are tags stored with third-party tools or Facebook when it comes to chatbots? So right now, tags are features that are exclusive to the third-party tools. So obviously, Facebook knows a lot about its users already, um, but anything that's learned through the chatbot is stored only on the platform hosting the chatbot. Um, and to add to that, these chat these tags come in handy when the conversation gets moved to um, live chat or like a real person. Mm. Like a real person or customer rep can actually be armed with a ton of info about the user before even saying a word to the to the user. And as the live chat is happening, the rep can actually manually start adding things that they're learning about the user via their, you know, live conversation. Oh wow. And what's really cool is all these tags, the same, like I said, the same as email, like a really cool email tool, these tags are going to help determine the the chatbot flows. So for instance, if your bot 
asks you, are you interested in learning more about um, vegan options? Click yes or no. You know, anyone who clicks no is going to be removed from the uh, campaign and possibly moved into another one. And everyone who clicks mm-hmm. yes is going to be tagged as being vegan. And now they're going to start getting updates um, about new vegan menu options. So you can get really minute with, with how you're tagging users and it can really take them down different paths, almost kind of like those uh, choose your adventure books back in the day. What are some examples start to finish of a brand using a chatbot a particular way and executing a campaign? Um, talking very generally, you know, there's three types of chatbots, right? Customer service. So things like order updates, um, answering like common questions, um, maybe even helping facilitate a purchase. Mm. Then there's like an email marketing style chatbot. So anything that you would probably run an email marketing campaign for, you can create a chatbot for that. So like reminders, delivering content. Hey, you remind, you know, like if they were tagged for uh, like liking a certain type of product, you know, Hey, you, you mentioned you were interested in this type of product those kind of emails would also work as uh, in a chatbot. And then there's a brand awareness, you know, via sort of like a creative gimmicks type of chatbot. Um, and these are actually the most fun to sort of build, I think. So like uh, you can chat with like Albert Einstein, you can chat with Justin Bieber, a character from a movie, or you can do translations, trivia, choose your own adventure, yeah. just really anything. Dad jokes is a really popular one. Netflix recommendations. There's actually a, I've seen a couple of people actually build virtual versions of themselves um, to act as like a huh. compliment to their resume. So it actually would answer really common questions that like an interviewer would ask them. <laughs> and then the chatbot would actually do oh, the answering nice. So people get, you can get really creative. There's really no limitation on the type of chatbot. And, and those would be kind of classified as the uh, brand awareness type of chatbot. So that's really interesting. Could you give one example of uh, one brand in particular who did a chatbot campaign? A, ca- a content delivery type of chatbot is is probably a good place for a lot of um, businesses to start. It's one of the easiest ones to set up. You know, people opt in and then you deliver your content to them um, via the chatbot. TechCrunch is a is a good example. They produce a lot of articles, a lot of content that's categorized by topic. So immediately when you message um, TechCrunch's chatbot, you get a menu of all the topics on their on their website. You click on the topics that are interested to you, and you get opted in to a specific list that will send you, let's say, um, all the new articles on tech or um, all the new articles on social media or whatever topic you clicked on. You know, CNN has a very similar one too. You know, categories like politics, world news, tech, money. As the new content gets produced, let's say about world news, you're, it's being delivered to you via um, Messenger. What a relevant ad placement for TechCrunch. <laughs> They're sending their updates about new tech through a chatbot. That's awesome. Just to throw in one more quick example, I'm a big horror movie fan and there's a oh, new yeah. company called Crypt TV and it's uh, <laughs> unique short horror films. Think of like a Netflix for short horror movies, basically, oh, wow. um, all living on this app. And so now I'm opted in every time, every two weeks when a new movie comes out, they're going to let me know via Messenger. Super cool. I'll have to check that one out. So how would one go about building a chatbot? It's actually pretty easy, um, generally speaking. Um, but there's there's really two ways that you can go about building a Facebook Messenger chatbot. The hard way is you can develop your own, which obviously requires a set of resources that most businesses aren't aren't going to have. Or um, you can use a third party tool to build one. Some of the ones you might have heard of before, or the big ones, are ManyChat, ChatFuel, Botsify. I like <laughs> I prefer ManyChat. I like to play around with ManyChat, but I know a lot of people use that use ChatFuel as well. And what's really cool is that these third-party tools make it relatively easy to build a bot and they're priced for all budgets. Pricing similar to like email CRM pricing. I think last time I checked, 
um, a paid plan on ManyChat was 10 bucks for up to 500 subscribers. And they actually have a free version that has a lot of functionality. Like a lot of people may not even need to upgrade to the pro plan. So it's just really affordable and and it's really, really easy. I think people look at a chatbot and they think it's this really daunting task to create one. It's, it's really not. Almost any type of business can create one. So that's really incredible. I didn't realize that chatbots had been around that long. Now it feels that it's becoming a lot more mainstream. People are interacting with chatbots and maybe don't realize it. Just to get a kind of a sense of the world we're working in, what are some of the rules for Facebook chatbots? So there actually aren't a ton of rules yet. I'm sure there's a slew of them coming, um, but there are two really big important rules, um, mainly to combat marketers trying to spam users, right? So rule number one is, you know, in order to battle spam or bait, bait and switching, you can't message a user with a promotional message unless they've messaged you within 24 hours. So, you know, things like 20% off or this new special price on shoes, that kind of stuff would be considered promotional messaging and could get your your bot flagged. And Facebook takes it really seriously. In fact, if you go into your Facebook page settings, you can request access to subscription messaging. You've probably never seen it before, um, but go check. Had no idea. Yeah, it's, uh, so actually they're, they're trying to incorporate it into the settings of your Facebook mm. page already. But when you try to request access to subscription messaging, you get this pop-up that makes you upload a video telling Facebook about how you're going to be using the subscription messaging. Wow. So basically, you know, that you're going to be using it for non-promotional messaging on a reoccurring basis. Rule number two, you can't run an ad within Messenger conversations unless that user has messaged you in the past. So again, this is Facebook's effort to combat spam and, and to avoid totally destroying the user experience on Messenger. Important to note, uh, the type of ad placement within conversation is the one way that you can actually get around that 24-hour okay. rule, so that rule number one I just mentioned. So if you have actually enough users who've messaged you in the past and you can create a custom audience from that, you should absolutely run that ad placement because if you think about it, you know, anyone mm -hmm. who messages your page is probably pretty interested in some, you know, at least interested in some degree into what you're selling. And like Alyssa was saying in the uh, previous episode of uh, Facebook Messenger, it's just a really highly valuable ad placement to utilize these days. This is really interesting. I feel like I know a lot more about chatbots and actually knew a lot that I didn't really realize because it's such a seamless unit and technology. I don't think I realized just how much chatbots were already a part of my life. So thank you for coming on. Uh, I feel like I could actually go and talk to a client about this now. Yeah, no, absolutely. It's something that I'm actually starting to have these conversations with clients. Thank you so much, Miguel, for coming on and sharing your knowledge with us. Thanks for having me. Thank you again to Miguel Bravo for joining us. If you have questions or thoughts on chatbots, reach out to us. We want to hear from you. Please feel free to follow up with thoughts or questions by emailing us at podcast at apiarydigital.com, follow and tweet us at apiarydigital, and subscribe to our show. The Hive is Alive is produced by Apiary Digital Media Collective. Editing help from Holly Hilton. Produced by Miguel Bravo, Tess Berry, and Karen Amundsen. And we will see you around the water cooler.